Today we are hearing about Sri Madhavendra Puri, the very root of the love of God and the line of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Srila Rupa Goswami has collected the verses that were written by Madhavendra Puri, of which there are six in Rupa Goswami's collection known as the Sri Padyavali. These beautiful verses have been collected. So we know for sure from Rupa Goswami that Madhavendra Puri said at least the six verses that we will be hearing in the class today. This verse is said to be by Krishnas Kaviraj Goswami, the jewel of all jewels in the praise of Krishna in separation. It's said to be the, the very seed of the tree of worshipping Krishna in the mood of separation. When Chaitanya Mahaprabhu just heard a couple of words from this verse, he would become uncontrollable in his ecstasy. He would laugh, he would cry. So this is the verse. It's probably too powerful a verse to chant at this time in the morning. So please try and control yourself. But here it is. Some scribe has uh, done very well. Is it in Arabic or in... Uh... <laughs> so here it is. I hope I get back the original verse so that I can actually chant it. <laughs> okay. O oh my Lord, O oh most merciful Master, O oh Master of Mathura, when shall I see you again? Because of not seeing you, my agitated heart has become unsteady. O oh most beloved one, what shall I do now? This beautiful verse was um, chanted by Madhavendra Puri, whose life and teachings we are studying today as part of a sequence of classes leading up to Gorpanima. This was the verse that he came out of his mouth, he wrote it down, and he chanted it uh, over and over again uh, before he passed away. He said that um, Mahabharata says, whatever is in your mind will come out of your mouth. Whatever you're thinking will at some stage come out of your mouth. Okay, And uh, in modern times they would say that uh, Therefore, we have to think twice. We think the thought, and then we consider whether that thought is worth uttering, and then we speak. So here is Madhavendra Puri. And we are told by all of our great teachers that Madhavendra Puri's life is not only worthy of our consideration, but also that uh, he, he modeled the type of bhakti that later on grew into a tree. The tree was Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, but the seed of the tree was Madhavendra Puri. He planted that seed. And uh, here's what Bhaktivinoda Thakur says about uh, Madhavendra Puri. He writes, Madhavendra Puri was a, a well-known sannyasi of the Madhva Sampradaya. His grand disciple, that means the disciple of his disciple, was Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Prior to his appearance, there was no evidence of Prema Bhakti in the Madhva line. In his verse, Ai Dina Dayadra Nata, Chaitanya Charitamrita 24197, the seed of the religious doctrines of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu can be found. 
And then Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Goswami follows up by writing, Madhavendra Puri was the first shoot of the desire tree of divine love that came out of the Madhva lineage. Prior to his appearance, there was no sign of the conjugal mood of devotion in the Madhva line. The feeling of separation from Krishna or transcendental vipralamba is the only practice by which the spirit soul can achieve perfection. Material feelings of separation give rise to a despondency that reveals the attachment one has for matter, whereas the despondency that results from the feelings of separation for Krishna are the best proof of one's desire to bring pleasure to his senses. The desire to bring pleasure to Krishna's senses, shown by Madhavendra Puri, the great soul who is the root of this movement, is the ideal example to follow for anyone who wishes to serve the Lord. It is especially worth remarking that Mahaprabhu and his close followers later adopted this example and made it their standard. That's Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Goswami. It's interesting. <clears throat> People say, um, uh, someone wrote to me just the other day, he said, uh, can I pray to Krishna directly? And I said, yes, of course. He said, so why do devotees say that I have to go through the guru to get to Krishna? And um, I said, well, it's not just one guru that you have to go through. There's a lot. There's an entire parampara. I said, if you want to see something very far away, like a distant galaxy or something, you may look in a telescope that has lots of lenses all arranged in a line. But each of those lenses brings you closer to that distant object. So when we try to see Krishna with our naked eyes as such, that's one endeavor with one result. And it's to be applauded. The living entity is intended to want to see Krishna at every stage. But when you try to see Krishna through the parampara, then all those great acharyas standing in a line <laughs> in between you and Krishna, they bring you closer to Krishna. And Prabhupada said this is the, the mystery of the parampara. Now, if you're a good Catholic boy or girl, mystery is one of the favorite words of, the, of a priest. He says, ah... Ah, Raphael, it is, a, it is a mystery. The question you have asked me, it is a, the answer is it's a mystery. We cannot expect to know these things. Whereas when we come to Krishna consciousness, we can tell you how many buttons there are on Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's clothing. We can tell you all the details. Okay? So devotees naturally expect all the details to be worked out. But here is one time that Prabhupada said this is a mystery. It is a great mystery how, with the guru standing in between you and Krishna, practically speaking, that you can't see Krishna, you only see the guru and what he tells you that Krishna speaks, <laughs> at least in tradition, you see Krishna more clearly. Okay? This, is, this is the idea, to see Krishna more clearly. In the Christian tradition, we have that prayer, isn't it? To see you more clearly. What is it? How does it go, Jadav? To see Love you more dearly. Follow you more nearly day by day. <laughs> so this is what we want. We want to follow Krishna. We are the International Society for Krishna Consciousness. But in studying the lives of the saints, we come closer by looking at how they were close to Krishna. 
by asking for their uh, blessings. But the desire is always to come close to Krishna. So, yes, Krishna is as close to you as you wish him to be. He's inside you. Krishna is within the heart. That's closer to you than your own eyes. <laughs> closer. If you turn to see him, that is most desirable. After many thousands of lifetimes of not seeing him, we want to see him. So to speak to him directly, that's wonderful. And to take the aid of others, that's also wonderful. And it's a, an unusual combination in Vaishnavism. That we have both speaking to God directly and speaking the words of those who loved God more than us. This is our technique. So Madhavendra Puri was one of these people, and this is his most famous verse. Now, I was very lucky, very lucky this trip to India. For those of you who don't know Hare Krishna, I was just, I was just in Mayapur, Mayapur mainly. The Delhi bits we can skip over. But in Mayapur, um, on my way back to uh, Calcutta, I was lucky to go to Shantipur. And in Shantipur, I got to see the, the Shalagram Shilas of Advaita Acharya, who was a disciple of Madhavendra Puri. Now these Shalagrams, he prayed to, to ask the Lord to come into this world. And on the other side of India... Uh, for my sins, <laughs> I was invited to perform a wedding in Rajasthan, which was quite spectacular. But the next day after the wedding, we went to uh, Nathdwar, which is just 48 kilometers from Udaipur, where we did the wedding. And of course, in Nathdwar, we have Srinathji. Now, after 43 years of being a devotee and seeing pictures in every Gujarati house of Srinathji, I'd never actually been there. So this was my one and only time to go there. I felt a proper Gujarati I did. Look, even for today's class, I'm even wearing the, the proper, the proper Nathji Pujari Bhaglabandi. So I'm Pukka today. Um, but uh, it was wonderful. And uh, for the first time in my life. So this is the deity, very closely connected to Madhavendra Puri, whose story uh, we will hear. There's two deities that are very closely connected to Madhavendra Puri. One is Srinathji, whom he called Gopal. And the other is Shirachora Gopinath. And we know these stories, but it's good to listen to them again. So whenever Lord Chaitanya or any incarnation of the Lord comes to this world, they first of all send their parts and parcels, the very dear associates. And some of these dear associates uh, take birth before them and they're going to play the role of mothers, fathers, uncles, or sometimes tyrants, or sometimes other, uh, that is in uh, Kamsa and Vasudev Devaki, uh, Nanda Maharaj and Yashoda. They, they all took birth before Krishna, obviously, because Krishna was to appear as their child. And the same thing happens with every incarnation. Whenever you have a great man, other people come, just like one time the uh, the Prime Minister of India came to the Krishna Balaram Temple and he was surrounded by bodyguards. And some of the bodyguards had been there a week ahead examining all the premises for, you know, places where a sniper could be, places where poison could come from, places where people could run out. And they'd covered all the avenues, they'd shut all the shops. And a, a week before the Prime Minister came. So 
the devotees were very happy to have the prime minister, and they, you know, he did the darshan and charanamrita, and he was sitting down for a little, you know, little prasad. He sat in line, and all the security people sat down, and then two people burst out of the crowd and started coming at a at a pace towards the prime minister of India. One was a rickshaw walla, <laughs> a Muslim rickshaw walla, and the other was an old Vrindavan widow. And the devotees rushed forward and they said, no, 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 you can't, you come, there's no darshan, no darshan, no darshan. And the prime minister said, it's okay, they're with me. And the, the, the so-called rickshaw walla took off his turban and underneath his turban was a gun. <laughs> and then the little old lady, little old lady <laughs> opened up her, her white sari, a white Vrindavan sari, and underneath was an Uzi machine gun. <laughs> so when you have a powerful person, other people come in advance, and they come in disguise. So when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, <laughs> things I have to do to get your attention, when, uh, when a very powerful person comes, he sends his people ahead of him. Okay, he gets his people to talk to your people, and, you know, <laughs> and then he arrives. Isn't it, Jai Dave? When you arrive, things should be, you know, the rider should be there, the posters should be up, everything should be sound check done. So when uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was coming to this world, he invites his seniors or invites his eternal associates to come and play the part. So Advaita Acharya was sent. And of course, Advaita Acharya is a disguise. Advaita Acharya is one of the best disguises that the fountain of all youth, Mahavishnu, should come as an old man with a beard. How is that possible? But the best disguise is the diametric opposite to what the person actually is. So she wasn't an old lady. He wasn't a rickshaw waller. That their identity was something else. They were the most capable bodyguards. So you can never second guess God and his arrangements. What you think is, you know, water is land, and what you think is land is water. Always be prepared to be surprised. Life is full of surprises as a devotee of the Lord. You will always be surprised. We are not Haranikashipu. That is the greatest surprise in history. <laughs> the Lord came out of the pillar that was his victory pillar, his Vijay Stamba. He'd carved all the heads of everybody he'd ever conquered on this pillar, like the one in Rome near the uh, Piazza de Piano. There's a, there's a big pillar. This was the very last place where Haranikashipu expected the Lord to come from. But he came out of there. So we are only tiny Hiranyakashipus. We're, we're, we're only tiny demons who are trying to become devotees. So expect the unexpected. Expect to be surprised by the Lord who comes in unusual places and at unusual times and who sometimes will speak to you in unusual ways through the mouths of babes or through the mouth... No, it's a... Sorry, that's not a pejorative. <laughs> that's a biblical term. The Lord speaks through the mouths of babes babies. <laughs> Hare Krishna. Well, yes, that too. Expect the Lord's voice to come through uh, in different ways. So Madhavendra Puri, he was the great uh, um, associate of the Lord who predated the Lord. In fact, he passed away when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was only four years old. So he lived roughly from 1420 to 1490. And he traveled all over India and um, he had an ecstatic 
disposition, which was very um, unusual for the time. It was so unusual that it was remarkable. So remarkable that um, it took great personality like Lord Nityananda to recognize him for his actual uh, position. Otherwise, his position was a sannyasi. He was Madhavendra Puri. And uh, Puri means that he took sannyas. Mm, there's two opinions. There's two opinions in the Madhvacharya school. One opinion is that um, you know people would uh, take sannyas. Uh, just like when we introduce a devotee. I've lost count now of the number of times I've been introduced to a, a devotee from Chowpati, and they've used the... The, they've used the acronym IIT. 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 I don't know what IIT means. Does anybody know what IIT means? Maybe if you're in India or you... Yeah? But it's a prestigious... prestigious. What is it? Engineering college or a business college? What is it? Now you know, you see. I don't know these things. Is it a good school to have gone to? It, one of the best, okay, so it's something that you drop in an introduction. Okay? When I see a person who's a, a young man, who's a sadhu, shaven head, I think, ah, well, in South India, the, the word for someone who lives in an ashram, well, the word for a useless man is, ah, he's ashram. <laughs> ashram means, ah, he can't do anything. <laughs> he can't do anything. That's the, if you want to say that someone's useless in South India, you say, oh, he's, he's ashram. Ashram. Ashram means he's only fit for going into the ashram. See? Therefore, Prabhupada put a guard against that developing in our movement. He said, no lazies, no crazies. <laughs> and so, uh, so we, drop, we drop the, uh, the, the significator, the demarcator of a person's education. We say, oh yes, IIT. But he gave it up to join the ashram. And everybody in India goes, ah, wow, 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 isn't that wonderful? Now it's like, I guess it's a little bit like me. When I came, the brahmachari that preached to me was a Cambridge PhD. The next brahmachari who preached to me had no education whatsoever and was in fact quite dull. So I was measuring it up. And when I had my philosophical questions, I went to the devotee who was a Cambridge graduate because I thought he might know more. It is a totally material calculation. But for the material mind, it works. Why would introducing a brahmachari by the fact that he went to the best technical college in India, okay, make any impression on my desire to listen to him about Krishna consciousness? It's a material thing. So sannyas is also a material thing. It's a material thing. It's part of the Varnashram system. But you took sannyas in order to be able to teach. Why? Because it was prestigious. It was prestigious. It's like going to Cambridge. And if you were a Puri, it means that you were either Oxford or Cambridge. Because by that time, Shankara and his system of teaching sannyasis was held to be pukka. It was held to be pukka. And so... The other school of thought says that, well, there are many Puris who came to Madhvacharya because Achyuta Preksha, Madhvacharya's uh, uh, spiritual master, was a sannyasi. And at that time, 
you know, the, uh, you know, you could either, there was two ways that you could take sannyas. One was in the Ramanuja Sampradaya, but if you didn't agree with that philosophy, then there was the Shankar. These were the two big schools on at the time. But Madhva sort of broke with that tradition. He came back and he preached to his guru, and then his guru became a Vaishnava, more of a Vaishnava, and then he, uh, uh, he established. Now, uh, Madhvacharya's name was Ananda Tirtha, and so his sannyasis became such and such Tirtha. So where does the name Puri come from? So either they were initiated first, they were sannyasis, and then they came, they were attracted, and some people, of course, they came and they thought, let me debate with these Madhva people and I will conquer them. And uh, they were defeated. And of course, as a Puri, you had to surrender yourself to the Tirtha and uh, you could take Vaishnava sannyas. But some people in the Madhva school today, they will tell you that no, Madhvacharya liked to allow the Puris to stay Puri because it showed, especially when they had the Udvapundra instead of the Tripundra, that he had defeated them. So that the Puri became subjugated to the Tirtha. See? So there were others, however. There was Vishnu Puri, uh, and there was many others. Um, so Madhavendra Puri, his position was, we should say that he was, uh, of course, um, we should understand that someone who by the end of their life is singing verses like this, which Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said that only, only, um, what was it? He said, uh, he said, only three people can understand this verse. He said, Madhavendra Puri, Krishna, and Radharani herself. He said, actually, this verse comes from Radharani, but through the mouth of Madhavendra Puri. He said, no fourth person can understand this verse. How about that? No fourth person can understand this verse. So, to be singing this verse halfway through your life and to be singing it at the end of your life means that you were never really quite a Puri. You never really were quite a Shankarite. And it's a fact that through his life, he was a very different kind of person. But the thing is, we don't know too much. We don't know too much. We, we know what Krishnadas Kaviraj Goswami tells us. There is a, there is a, a famous um, academic paper by Dr. Friedhelm Hardy, written in 1975, which contrasts the poetry of Madhavendra Puri with that of the uh, Alwars, specifically Nath Muni, who grouped all the poetry together because there were prayers of separation from Krishna in the Sri Vaishnava tradition between 600 and 900. There was um, what we would call ecstatic poetry in that tradition, which deserves a second um, uh, look. Um, so uh, in those days, yes, people belonged to a sampradaya, and yes, it was quite porous. As you got on with your life, you took initiation from one person, and you might take shiksha from whoever inspired you uh, the most. You know, you took diksha from whoever was available, prestigious, because the whole thing about diksha was that it was it was something that you you did. You know, you uh, it's like when you want to buy milk, you go to the shop that's nearest. You don't really you know you hunt too much. So milk is milk is milk is milk. Leaving aside the vegan 
and the ahimsa argument, you know, milk is milk is milk, comes from something called the cow. So whether it's Tesco's or Sainsbury's or a garage that you're part, you know, you want milk. So when you want diksha, you don't walk 25, 30, 45, 50 miles. But when you want some specific um, gift or message from a great, great devotee, then you can walk uh, many, many miles uh, for that. So here is what Madhavendra Puri said early on in his career. It's a wonderful verse that as brahmacharis, we used to chant this verse, and it gave us um, hope because this was all about giving up. You know, I walked in here when I was 17. So there were times when I thought, I've given up my home, given up my parents, given up my education. I've given up any chance of, you know, being married. Because in those days, being a brahmachari was brahmachari for life. <laughs> There's, come on, you're a brahmachari for life. That's the way it works. Okay, so the, so we'd given up everything. So it was like it was sort of like sannyas, you know. It was like that's it, final. You're in Prabhupada's movement now. So we'd given up a lot. So this verse gave us a little bit of hope. So here's Madhavendra Puri, and he's saying, "Goodbye, mum and dad. Goodbye, my parents. Goodbye, my home. Goodbye." Well, he he was sannyas, so he'd given up his But goodbye, uh, goodbye, Gayatri. He's saying goodbye, Gayatri. Sandhyabandhanam. He said the Gayatri in India is Sandhyabandhanam. You don't just chant the Gayatri mantra, but you do Tarpana as well. And Tarpana can take you quite a time because Tarpana is an offering of water and prayers to not only all your gurus, but your family members also. This is what you, you do. You do Tarpana. So chanting a Gayatri can take 20 to 25 minutes. We're very lucky that... Prabhupada did not introduce us, but what Prabhupada did, of course, is he took Sandibandanam and he he sort of pulled it out so that it became four hours long. And this is what we do, and we call it the morning program and the evening program. Apart from the class, the prayers that we do to the guru, the offering of flower petals, everything that we do, all the, it's kind of like slow motion. Namo Namaha. Tulasi Krishna. Why are we singing so slow? But it's our tradition. We adopted it from the worship of Radha Govinda in Jayapur. Okay? It all came. So the, these songs that we sing, you can sing them a lot quicker. And a, a, a sannyasi who's, you know, traveling, and sannyasis do travel, that's what they're meant to do, that's what they were designed to do. Uh, they get up in the morning and they do Sunday Bandhanam. They do all the prayers, but they squeeze it into a certain amount of time. So here is Madhavendra Puri, and he says, I'm sorry, because Sunday Bandhanam involves me saying prayers at a certain time of day. And the calculations for the Sandhya are quite strict. You know, you can do it 10 minutes before sunrise, 10 minutes after sunset. You have a period of 24 minutes to get it right, 24 minutes before, 24 minutes afterwards if you don't. It's too late. That's the hard and fast rule. When chanting Hare Krishna, there's no hard and fast rules. You can chant with a dirty mouth. You don't have to chant facing east. You can chant in a moving vehicle. If you do Gayatri in a moving vehicle, it's offensive. Chanting Gayatri at the wrong time is offensive. Chanting Gayatri with a dirty mouth is offensive. Chanting Gayatri not having bathed is offensive. Chanting Gayatri looking the wrong direction is offensive. These are the hard and fast rules. So Madhavandra Puri 
He's saying, goodbye, hard and fast rules. <laughs> goodbye. So he says, Sandhya bandana badra mastu bhavato bo snana tubyam namo bho deva pitaras chetarpana vido na hamshamaksham yatam. Very nice. Yatra kvapi nishadde yadavakulotam masya kamsadvisha smaram smaram agam harami tadalam manye kimanye name. Very nice prayers. We can say them in English. Oh, my evening prayer. Oh, my morning prayer. Oh, my midday prayer. Good day to you. Oh, my morning bath. I bid you goodbye. Oh, demigods and forefathers. Please excuse me. I am unable to perform any more offerings for your pleasure. Now I have decided to free myself from all reactions to sins simply by remembering anywhere and everywhere the great descendant of Yadu and the great enemy of Kamsa. I think that this is sufficient for me. So what is the use of further endeavors? Don't get any ideas. <laughs> Don't get any ideas. He didn't say that. I said that. Okay. Uh, and then he said, then he said, uh, He said, Mugdam mam negadantu nitti nipuna brantam muhur vaidika mandam bandava sanchaya jadadiyam mukta dara sodara. Unmatam viveka chaturaka mam mahadam bikam muktam nakshamate managapimano govindapadas priham. And we can say it in English again to keep ourselves awake. Let the sharp moralist accuse me of being delusioned. I don't mind. Experts in Vedic activities may slander me as being misled. Friends and relatives may call me frustrated. My brothers may call me a fool. The wealthy Mammonites may point me out as mad. This means a materialist, not a, not a religious sect. And the learned philosophers may assert that I am much too proud. Still my mind does not budge an inch from the determination to serve the lotus feet of Govinda. And put your hands together. Though I may be unable to do it. So, um, he was the disciple of Lakshmi Pati Tirtha. Disciple of Lakshmi Pati Tirtha, who is in our Sampradaya. If you look at the Names in the Bhagavad Gita, you'll find Lakshmi Patitirtha. Lakshmi Patitirtha was the disciple of Madhvacharya. And uh, Madhvacharya was the disciple of Ajuta Preksha. Uh, Madhavandrapuri was actually the guru to many of the people in our line. He was the guru to Advaita Acharya, Sejai, Pundarik Vidyanidhi, I feel a Jaidev moment coming on, Paramananda Puri. 
Shri Rangapuri? Yes. Shri Brahmananda Puri? Yes. I'm about to burst out the song. Shri Brahmananda Bharati? Yes. Keshava Bharati? Shri Krishnananda Puri? Shri Ramachandra Puri? Not Jai. Boo. Ramachandra Puri is a boo, not a Jai. Okay, do you know why? He was naughty. Because when his spiritual master was chanting these verses, he says, why aren't you meditating on the Brahman? Now this is very strange. For any guru to have a disciple that criticizes him at the moment of death, and for the guru to say, Get away from me. I don't even want to see your face. What a disciple-guru relationship. So that's a fail. So that's a boo. Then we have Srinashinga Tirtha. What did he do? Srinityananda Prabhu. Ishwara Puri. What did he do? He initiated Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Yes. He's another Puri. What's going on? Ragupati Upadhyaya and Sukhananda Puri. Mm. Um, the most, the Ramachandra Puri was the disciple who really disappointed him. However, Ishwara Puri was the disciple who really satisfied him, pleased him in all respects. Because Ishwara Puri was, if you could say, he gave his spiritual master hospice, hospice care at the end of his life. By the end of his life, Madhavendra Puri could not move at all. He couldn't even move to go to the bathroom. So his disciple had to take care of all of that. Uh, one disciple always has to do that at the end of the guru's life. It could be you. So get ready, get prepared. But the benediction, the benediction for helping his spiritual master when even the physical movements, even the bowel movements become difficult to control. It seems like a mundane thing. But actually, it was the cause of the greatest blessing. And Ishwar Puri got the greatest blessings because his guru told him, he said, he said, I give you the benediction that you can give Krishna Prema to everyone. So from something, it's like the lotus that grows on the rubbish dump. Sometimes you see a rubbish dump and there's a lotus growing out. And that's why it's called Pankaja. Now the name of the lotus is Pankaja, that which is born from rubbish. So that which is born from rubbish, you could say, well, here's a guru, he's passing stool and urine, his disciple is wiping it up. How's that a transmission of spiritual nectar? And yet, from that dirtiness comes the greatest lotus flower of good fortune. Greatest blessing. So, um, Sri Ishwara Puri initiated Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and was allowed by Lord Chaitanya, to go down in history as the person who gave him uh, love of God. Now, it's, 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 it's a game, it's a play. Now, these are actors. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is actually Krishna and Radha. Ishwara Puri has another identity, but he's allowing himself to be seen as Bhakta. So in his role as Bhakta, you have to have a, a Mahabhakta, a, a guru to give you that uh, uh, Shakti. So, um, so um, we have uh, we have. What do we have? We have. So, um, 
in this mood of uh, madness, in actual fact, this, the story, and I can't give you the scriptural um, source for this, but it seems to appear everywhere we see the name Nityananda Prabhu and Madhavanta Puri. There is some discussion as to whether Nityananda Prabhu was actually initiated by Lakshmi Pati Tirtha or whether it was Madhavanta Puri that he met. But um, Madhavanta Puri, um, the, the most common um, uh, discussion is that Lord Nityananda met Madhavanta Puri and uh, just it was like for him it was like meeting Lord Chaitanya at the Ishojan. When Lord Chaitanya met Lord Nityananda at Nandanacharya's house in Ishojan, just down the road from our uh, Mayapur there, um, the effect was that one saw one as Krishna, the other saw the other as Balaram. In other words, that they were so close to each other, seeing their spiritual identity, that they could not hide their disguise anymore. So when Nityananda met Madhavandrapuri, observers who were there uh, said that they were chattering amongst themselves, but some fell silent because they could understand what these two great souls, so they embraced, they fell to the ground unconscious, they wept, they got up, they laughed, they danced. Madhavandrapuri was roaring, uh, to, to meet Nityananda Prabhu was roaring, his bangles jangling. What a scene. So uh, then they went their separate ways after a few days. So Madhavandrapuri came to the place which was uh, now known as uh, Govinda Kund. It is on Govardhan Hill. It is the place where Lord Indra finally came to say sorry to Krishna after the whole week of Krishna lifting Govardhan Hill and protecting the inhabitants of Vrindavan. So Madhavendrapuri was seated beneath a tree and should I tell the story? You know the story, don't you? We can tell it briefly. But uh, a cowherd boy came to him and said, here is some, some milk. No one in my village goes hungry. And he said, uh, his master, he said, uh, what is your meditation? Why do you fast? Upon whom do you meditate? So Madhavendrapuri was answering the boy's questions. So then the boy uh, left the milk and went away. And Because um, Madhavendrapuri, you see, would not eat. He wouldn't eat until someone came to him and said, uh, would you like to eat now? He totally trusted in uh, Krishna. There's different types of sannyas. One sannyas, you go begging from a certain number of houses after uh, midday, only after midday. And others, you wait until someone comes forward to you. The second variety is the hungry variety, but it is most uh, renounced. So then um, uh, he... It's a Chaitanya Charitamrita. This is the fourth, fourth chapter of the Madhya Leela. Says that, and the story is being told actually by Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, because Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu gets to uh, Remuna, which is near Balashwar, Balasar, which is near Jagannath Puri, on his first outing, you could say, as a sannyasi, and he gets to Remuna, and he's surrounded by a few devotees, and he wants to tell them the story that was told to him by his guru. 
See, each guru doesn't tell you stories about his life. He's, he constantly talks to you about his spiritual master's life. And so Lord Chaitanya from Ishwarapuri got to know about Madhavendra Puri. So he begins with a story because um, uh, well, the story of the connection with the Gopinath deity who was in Ramuna, which is miles and miles and miles, what is it, like 1,500 miles away from Govardhan. But the story of that deity and his relationship with Madhavendra Puri begins way over in Govardhan. And so um, as he dozed at the end of night, um, he'd been chanting, and uh, he had a dream. Now, Madhavendra Puri's big moments, you could say the moments that we remember and speak about even today, hundreds of years later, they were in dreams. So may God give us the blessing that we see his divine face and voice in a dream. So then uh, in the dream, the, the boy that had given him the milk came back to him and he said, Sir, he said, I've been buried in the ground for a very long time. Uh, the Pujari was afraid of the Malechas. He's buried me. Please dig me out. It's very dark. Please dig me out. And so the next morning, he brought the villagers with spades, and they came and they dug out the deity. And it said, first of all, he saw a hand. This is another account. First of all, he saw a hand like this. And then he saw the face, and they, they did puja to the hand and to the face, and then eventually took the whole deity. And then there's a very long description in Chaitanya Charitamrita of how the deity was gradually revealed. Now, for 43 years, in my mind, Srinathji has been seven feet tall. Seven feet tall. And then I saw him just three weeks ago. I was very... Uh, allowed to have darshan in, uh, in Nathdwar. And he's as high as Radha Gokulananda. High as Radha Gokulananda. In my mind, he was always seven feet tall. Of course, the deity of the Lord is always very large, even if you have a small deity, which prompted the, the, the French. The French came to Pondicherry. They came to Shirangam. And they saw the deity of the Lord, this big, and said, such a big temple for such a small god. <laughs> But for the devotees of the Lord, <laughs> that, was the word, that was the words. The general of the army who had come to India, he said, such a, small, such a big place for such a small god, sacre bleu. <laughs> so the deity of the Lord is always the right size for the devotees. Always the right size. How big is Krishna? He's the right size. He's however big he wants to be, and however big he is, he's always the right size. So um, uh, Madhavendra Puri said, all right, let us worship him. And worship normally begins with a big Abhishek. And so <clears throat> eventually, they, they, uh, which is a big bathing ceremony, because Krishna, when he lifted Govardhan Hill, was seven years old. And now he's covered in mud and dirt and tree roots. Okay, he's been buried there for a long time. So let's wash him. So then they uh, installed him on Govardhan Hill, put him on a rock, and put one big rock at the back of him so he wouldn't topple. Very important in deity worship, the deity doesn't topple. And um, 
He may be Krishna, but you've invited him to come into wood or stone or marble. Marble, very, very fragile, folks. Uh, tradition uses in North, The North Indian tradition uses a lot of marble. The East Indian tradition uses a lot of clay and wood. The South Indian tradition uses a lot of uh, uh, granite, black granite. Very, very hard. But marble is very brittle. Granite isn't. So take care, Vaishnavas, in your lives, installing deities. So um, the Abhishek, hundreds of pots of water were used. And then came Arti, and all the villagers came. They were very happy to see the Lord. And, of course, it's, it's a wonderful thing. When you see Krishna come out of the ground, isn't that a wonderful thing? When Krishna comes out of the ground, you think, this is special. It happens very rarely in this part of the world. I told you the story about the, the man who loved fishing. He loved fishing. He joined a Namahata group. Okay, He loved the Bhagavad Gita, but he couldn't give up fishing. So he left the Namahata group, went back to fishing, caught a fish one morning, was pulling it in. It was a plastic bag. He opened it up. It was Krishna in the form of a Bhagavad Gita. He said, oh, this is special. <laughs> this is for me. This is Krishna coming for me. We had... We had a, a, a bunch of um, uh, uh, builders, London builders, called Blimey John, <laughs> Bish Posh. <laughs> and they were digging, and uh, they came on something hard, and it was Krishna. And it was Krishna. They didn't know what to do with it. And so they brought him here. And then eventually Shiva Ramaswamy looked after him. I don't know where he is now, but beautiful Krishna. He was here on the altar, behind the altar, actually, for a long time. And um, somehow or another, in London, Krishna was there. When they were digging the foundations, they found him. Who knows? Nobody knows, eh? Nobody knows. So um, because of the emergency situation, the deity had been buried. The Malachas, the Mohammedans were coming. They liked to um, remove deities, and so the Pujari buried him. So here he was again. And next came the, after the bathing comes the dressing, after the dressing comes the decor, the decoration, alankaram, hmm. snanam, alankaram. And then comes naivedium, naivedium, big feast. So it's said that they put a cloth down on the ground, because don't forget the Lord has been underground for many, many years. Who knows how many years? He's very hungry. So all the villagers brought, they brought uh, cloth, and they put a cloth down. Then on the cloth, they made a mountain of rice. Around the rice, they put uh, uh, chapatis. Then they put sabjis. And then around that, they put milk, curd, yogurt, buttermilk. Very famous in that area. You can go to any house. Uh, one time I was walking around in that brudge area. And uh, I was very hungry. No breakfast. It wasn't a fast day. It was just the tractor hadn't arrived with the Bajaram. I was very hungry. You know, you get up at half past three, and now it's half past eleven, and you haven't had breakfast, and the, the thorns are hurting you, and you're thinking, "Oi, oi, oi! Did I really have to do it this way?" <laughs> and so the one devotee came to me, and he said, "He said it doesn't have to be like this. He said you just go to a house." He said, don't you know the story? Radharani doesn't let anyone go hungry in Braj. You have to go 
and you have to ask one of the ladies, please give me breakfast. Ma, Kripa DJ, Bhavati Biksham Dehi. And so, you know, not only one lady came forward, but seven ladies came forward. And I had Sabji, Rice, Dal, Chapati, and lots of Chas, and Gore. And I went on my way feeling very happy. And the devotees, when I caught up with them, finally they said, where have you been? <laughs> I said, I've been having breakfast. <laughs> but the breakfast didn't arrive. I said, oh, yes, it did. <laughs> so for the Lord, there is always um, a nice breakfast. So he, his fast was broken with uh, wonderful uh, uh, arrangements. And so this went on for two years. And after two years... Madhavendrapuri had another dream. I'll finish now in a couple of minutes. Madhavendrapuri had another dream, and the dream said, you've been worshipping me wonderfully for two years, but I'm still very hot. I'm still so hot. It's the hot weather has come. Please can you get me some sandalwood from Jagannath Puri? <laughs> well, Jagannath Puri, my dear friends, is 1,500 miles away. But what did Madhavendrapuri said? Did he say, nah, that was just a dream. That was just a dream. No, he said, that was a dream. You see, when you do have a dream of Krishna, there's, there's something else that has to happen to make you understand that it was Krishna, not just a dream. That is the internal conviction. So Krishna gives you the unshakable faith that that dream was me, and you should follow my directions. So when you wake up, you don't, you don't just put it to one side and think, ah, some nonsense Krishna was speaking to me in a dream. I mean, who am I to have a dream about Krishna? So then Krishna comes and says, no, this is real. So he, he, he treks, and he goes all the way, and he gets as far as Ramuna. And in uh, Ramuna, there's a Gopinath deity that it said was many thousands of years old. And a lot of different temples, they have a special keynote preparation. You know, they have a chef. They have a chef, and the keynote preparation for that deity. So it's like when you go to Radharaman temple, the little kir in the little clay cups. That's the keynote preparation. And then when you go to Jagannath Puri, the Lord has this, uh, what's it called? Cheda Poda? Poda Chada? What's it called? Chena Poda. Chena Poda. is a keynote dish. And when you go to Radha Govinda, it's some keynote dish. And when you come here, it's Mother Kalangana's sweets. Yeah. <laughs> it's a keynote dish, famous throughout the world. Okay, So every temple has a keynote dish that the deity has in that area. So even today, if you go to Nathji, if you go to Nathji, <laughs> they have sweets. Now, sometimes people say Mother Kalangana's sweets are a little bit big. They're a little bit on the big side compared to other temples. But you go to Nathji, and what he's eating now, he's done very well for himself because he has a whole well full of ghee. The entire well is filled with ghee, hundreds of feet deep, and it's just completely filled with ghee. And the sweets that you get from Nathji are that size. No exaggeration. No exaggeration. That size. Ladu. Laglu. Like that size. And sweet. Did I mention they were sweet? <laughs> yeah. I think they have sugar in. But anyway, so Madhavandrapuri was thinking, what's a keynote dish for my Gopal on Govardhan Hill? And um, it was a rich man had built a temple and another rich man had built a wall and it's still there today, you can go and see it. No, you can't. 
because Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, I cannot walk on Govardhan Hill. I'm not a local. And the locals, they walk on Govardhan Hill. We don't. So he paid obeisances at the bottom of the hill. So then, uh, just to make a brief story even briefer, um, he was thinking, aha, they offer the Lord here some kheer. If I could just maybe taste this kheer and get the recipe, then I could serve my Lord like this. And as soon as he thought that, he thought, ah, oh, I shouldn't have thought like this. I'm a great sinner. Just to think of something that the Lord has not yet eaten, he said, oh, I shouldn't have thought like that. And he went away and he went and sat in the marketplace just in the bazaar where all the old bits of vegetables and people had finished trading for the day. He said, I shouldn't have done that. So then at night, the pujari himself had a dream. Get this. The pujari has a dream of Krishna. And Krishna says, behind my skirt on the altar is a pot of kheer. I've kept that kheer for a great sadhu known as Madhavendra Puri. You wake up, take that, go to the marketplace and find him and give it to him. That is quite an involved dream. Quite an involved dream. If you get that kind of dream, wake up. <laughs> and whatever the Lord tells you to do, you do it. Because there will be a special pot of gold at the end of that particular rainbow. So then he waited. He said, Madhavendra Puri, is there someone called Madhavendra Puri? It's night time, you know. Madhavendra Puri. <laughs> he said, yes. <laughs> he said, I have a, a pot of kira. Oh, no, I can't. I can't. Can, no, 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 no. Krishna himself has told me. And so he was able to do that. So now, instead of simply being called Gopinath, he's called Kira Chora Gopinath. The Gopinath who stole Kira for his loving devotee. What a wonderful relationship. So he got the sandalwood paste, not sandalwood paste, but he got logs of sandalwood and camphor. And he was on the way back and he thought, let me stop at Ramuna again. You kind of have to stop at Ramuna. And uh, then uh, he had another dream. Blow me down. He had another dream. And the dream said, make the sandalwood here. Basically, don't lug it. you don't have to lug it all the way back to Govardhan Hill. I'm here just as much as I'm there. Gopinath is the same as Gopal. So you grind the sandalwood paste here, offer it to me here, and I'll be cooled over there. So then he, d he did this. Um, round about, we think, round about 16, mm, 1672. In 1672, again, we have uh, Aurangzeb. That's definitely a boo. We have Aurangzeb who is terrorizing the country. And any Hindu temple that he finds, he just they're just temple smashers. So he's smashing everywhere he goes. So the six-storied temple of... Uh, Rupa Goswami. Well, that was later, wasn't it? So, anyway, they they uh, um, so uh, the uh, they place the uh, deity of uh, uh, Gopal on a wagon, and they take the wagon to a boat, and they put the boat on the Yamuna, and then they go down the Yamuna to Agra, and there they find a secret place in Agra. Now it's interesting. Agra was, you know. It's kind of a place that you wouldn't, you know, they say if you want to hide something from someone, hide it under their pillow. It's the place that they'll never look. So in Agra, you know, there's a lot going on in Agra, but it's not known as a Hindu holy place. 
but there the deity is safe. So then later on, the deity goes on a wagon, all covered over, and goes all the way down to Rajasthan. Why? Because the Rajasthani kings were very powerful. And this place in Rajasthan uh, is called Mewa. And it's very um, inhospitable. In fact, you're driving for miles and miles through basically rock. It's just rock. Just the road is just chiseled out of rock. And uh, there's not a, it doesn't look as if there's a great deal of farming or anything going on. But then you come to this place. Anyway, that's what happened with them. And the wagon got stuck in the mud. And the wagon got so firmly stuck in the mud that they thought, well, this must be the place that Krishna himself wants to stop. And so Krishna stopped there, and he's still there. From 1672, he's still there. And he has a haveli, which just means house. And the house have, has different rooms. And in each room, something for the service of the Lord is going on. So there's a flower garland room. Uh, and there's a, a nut-cracking room. There's a sandalwood-making room. There is a money-counting room. <laughs> there is a cloth-stitching room. And in all these areas, you know, you can go and you can say, I'd like my service to... And there's, of course, there's the kitchens. But it's built like a house. So the darshan area, uh, darshan they call um, jaki, jaki in Gujarati. So you go and you can... It's just maybe a quarter of the size of the manor's temple room. So it's all very house size. But you can still go and see the wagon. The wagon that brought the Lord there in 1672 is still there. And you can go and pay your obeisances to the wagon in the courtyard. Oh, what a wonderful thing. So um, for all these different reasons, we remember um, uh, Madhavendra Puri. Let me just conclude with his last two verses. I won't get you to do the English. Kada drakshami nandasya balakam nipa malakam. Palakam sarva satvanam lasatilakabalakam. When will I see Nanda's son? He is the protector of the devotees. He is garlanded with, with kadamba flowers, and his forehead is decorated with glistening tilak. Adaramrita maduri durino hari lila murali ninda eshaha pratatana mana pramodam uchair hariniam harini drisham. Muninam, filled with the sweet nectar of Krishna's lips, the playful sound of the flute delighted the deers, the deer-eyed gopis, and the sages. Hmm. Thank you very much. Madhavendra Puri, Ki Jai.